0: Outside, Jeff Smith. He didn't get there. Fumbles the football. Oklahoma takes over. Oklahoma. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Inside OU Podcast Fan Edition. Uh, last week, of course, was Memorial Day, so decided to take that one off. And uh, today is a very cool day for me. It's a very cool day for everybody else because uh, this is a fan edition that um, basically includes a person who is a subscriber to the Patreon page through the keyhole. Uh, so uh, thank you very much for that. Um, he's always, in the mentions, he's always kind of a part of the engagement, a part of the fun. And I've, I take that near and dear to my heart. Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not about me. Like, I am not the story, but when you're trying to put stuff out for people to read or listen to or enjoy in some way, um, it's always great to have kind of feedback. And this person has done more than his share of making sure that if i ever put something out and decide you know what nobody cares this person's always there to, to like it well at least i entertain that person so uh none none other than davis dunkelberger sooner fan extraordinaire uh joins the podcast davis how are we doing today ben
1: doing all right thank you for those kind words it's, it's i'm I enjoy the Patreon page, and I told you earlier. I mean, I've listened to you since Locked On Thunder Day, so it's been. I'm sorry, it's been a long day.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry for that. Now, uh, yeah. Locked On Thunder, rest in peace. Um, Ryland Styles does it now. He does a great job with it. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> I started doing it. I think the month before the pandemic started last year. Yeah. I think I I'd, yeah. I'd done it for a month and you know, no disrespect whatsoever to the uh, locked on podcast network, but once there was no basketball left and there was nothing really to talk about except for, will they play again? And then politics and then black lives matter uh, last summer, which be- that was basically it for about a month or two. Yeah, uh, They wanted me to start doing like fan stuff and I'm not a thunder fan. So I'm just like, I, I don't know. Maybe we should find yeah. some, maybe we should find somebody else. And uh, yeah. that's what, we all ultimately did, and uh, everybody won out in the end. But uh, yeah, thank you so much, Davis, for uh, yeah. sticking with the crazy train for that long. Yeah. Uh, but you can follow Davis on the Twitter machine at SoonerFan four uh, three two. Please do so. He's got the uh, the cartoon avatar from uh, what was his name? OKC Comics.
1: Uh, his Twitter handle is Sports. Sports Tunes, Tunes. His, name is, his name is Steve Hill. I really yeah, there he is. goes. He does great cartoons for the Sooners, the Stars. The Thunder, great yeah. Oklahoma
0: guy. Yeah, he did. He did something uh, for Trey Young. I, I don't think it was yesterday. The Hawks damn near blew that game <laughs> at the end. Uh, I think it was after they won their first round uh, series against the Knicks. And I looked at that picture of Trey, and I'm like, "Man, that looks exactly like Trey." And it kind of looks better. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> now Trey Young's doing. He's he's awesome. I cannot. Yeah. I still can't believe they won Game One. But we'll see how that series goes. But um yeah well let's just start there real quick davis i mean how how charged up juiced up is your sooner blood for this nba postseason because i mean they're uh two very important players uh one more so for his team another uh more so for just us OU fans because he's kind of been relegated to being uh kind of a one-sided player at this point in his career blake griffin with the nets has a a legitimate chance to winning an NBA championship this season. If the next nets can get past the bucks and then Trey young, I mean, from this point on everything is just an absolute cherry on top. And hopefully we can get to a point now where we stop with the Trey young versus Luka Doncic crap. Like that's fine if they're playing each other, but I mean, Trey is making his own legacy. Luca is on another planet than everybody else, but hopefully we can just get to a point now where we can appreciate Trey young uh, for the great uh, player that he is.
1: Yeah. Uh... I'm I'm kind of in the normal fan base for Trey Young's season at OU. The first half, I'm like, great. The second half, I'm like, please leave. You're, <laughs> you're, you're our only offense. And when you're not going, we're so bad. And then we ended up losing. I was like, okay. And he's going to the NBA. I'm like, I'm really happy for him. I loved, like everyone else, I loved the trash talk he gave the Knicks and the entire state of New York. Oh, yeah. And so I'm, I'm happy for him. I, I'm also not a huge fan of the Sixers. I just, I've never thought they could succeed with their current um, iteration. Like the best season I thought they had recently was when they had Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. And then they, (laughs) then Kawhi hit that shot for the Raptors and it was like, all right, I don't like the Sixers anymore. Um, I, I have a hard time rooting for the Nets. I, you have three villains of the NBA it's like I'm happy for Blake, but I'm rooting wholeheartedly for the Bucks in that series. I I just cannot stand them.
0: Yeah, I I under I get that. Trust me, I get the the Kevin Durant thing. Maybe maybe because I'm not a, a Thunder fan, I'm a little bit more in the I don't know in the category of when I'm watching Kevin Durant play. It's like he's awesome. Like he's one of the best players on the planet. Um, he's not necessarily like a LeBron James to me, where I love LeBron when he's playing. And he's not acting like he just got shot, uh, but when LeBron basically talks, does anything else off the floor, I just kind of find myself rolling my eyes. Uh, Kevin Durant has certainly kind of been in that same category over the last few years with his uh, with his uh, Twitter fingers, but he, he's starting to kind of he's starting to kind of like get it, like he's starting to have a little bit more fun with it, poke fun at himself. But I know like Thunder fans just you know, fuck Kevin Durant, so I get that, but. Uh, the Nets, yeah, they're really easy to not root for. I don't really have anything nice to say about Kyrie Irving. James Harden is, <laughs> he was out of shape to begin the year, and that's what happens. Uh, that I mean, you can hurt your hamstring as a result when you're trying to be a baby and force a trade, but you know, that's neither here nor there. I just hope Blake Griffin gets a ring, so uh, he deserves one after the way the Clippers fleeced him. But uh, let's get right into it, Davis. Um, you're a little bit younger than me. Um, I mean, well, exactly how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? So,
1: I was born in July of 2000. So, technically, I have seen OU win a national
0: title, <laughs> but
1: not really. Um, the fun story about that year is my mom is really glad she was holding me when Torrance Marshall ran that pickback in College Station because my dad would have dropped me and I. <laughs> that's oh, wow. Always fun. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, but I've been going to games since I was four. Um, I think the first real memories I have at games are kind of, they all start like at least of like actually watching the game critically. I'll start with the Florida national championship game and then onward. So about, so mainly about 2009 onward, I can tell you a lot, but I, the thing I remember about the Florida game was just crying in my bed, trying to go to sleep.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I, um, I mean, I was, I was 18. When Oh, you lost to Florida. So I was it was my senior year of high school. And I remember being so, you know, I wasn't like screaming. I wasn't like visibly. I mean, I was visibly mad. I was just real quiet that night. I was really quiet. Uh, It was actually the first it was actually the first day I ever got an iPhone. And I had no idea how to text on a touch screen like it, it took my it took me like a few days to actually figure out how to do it. Cause I was so used to like old style cell phones at the time. And I had friends that were just texting me back and forth about the game. And I would just tell them everybody stop. I can't text back fast enough. Um, and all that stress and then seeing the game unfold and seeing how OU was so close to getting a stop, you know, like on a third down to get the ball back for the offense to uh, tie the game uh, or take the lead. Uh, seeing how close they were and, and then seeing that just kind of die very slowly as Florida just kind of ran the ball down the, down the field with Percy Harvin. I was just so bummed that I went upstairs uh, at my parents' house and I took down like a few OU pictures off my wall. Cause I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm never going to see them win again. It's not fair, but um, it's kind of the funny thing though, when you just kind of go back and remember all the losses because OU's won a shit ton of games Mm -hmm. and all we do is sit here and Mm -hmm. talk about 06 oregon or the rose bowl or the florida orange bowl so but it's you know it's just kind of funny to me but um Mm -hmm. but i mean you said
1: post with the squid kick
0: oh yeah i felt like trolling people um shout Mm -hmm. out to my good friend at ou rough riders on twitter Uh, he just brought up the squid kick to me in a text and i was like oh okay okay that's how that's how we're gonna do it on this monday but Oh, well, um, you, you said that you could tell me pretty, pretty much anything from 2009 on. And I'm just curious, like what game really did it for you? Like as a, as a young kid growing up as an OU fan, like what game really got you hooked?
1: I think the one, the game that stands out to me the most in that time period is 2011 Notre Dame. As much as, as bad as that loss is
0: 2012, um, right? 2012, 12. yeah, Yeah.
1: Sorry. Um, like that was kind of the game. Like I had, I wasn't supposed to go to that game, but um, I went to game day, went to my parents' tailgate and I was supposed to go back. Cause I, my, my mom and dad, wanted our their two season tickets go figure for <laughs> Notre Dame that year. Um, and I got really good seats and just the atmosphere. I didn't go to the 08 jump around game. So that was kind of the last big primetime experience I've had against a top ranked two top ranked teams and so just falling in right there is like okay i'm i'm hooked even though it was a loss and
0: yeah no it's uh i mean i i i I think i said on twitter on uh inside ou on thursday that kansas state uh was or 2000 kansas state was the game that really got me hooked and it did because that was the first game that i really sat down start to finish and was like Just cheering, like like Mm -hmm. getting kind of emotional to the game. But I mean, the first game that I really sat down and watched, start to finish, and felt a little bit of sooner tingles on my body was the '99 Independence Bowl, where OU lost Ole Miss. And a lot of people my age that grew up OU fans kind of pointed that game as well. Um, it's a loss and it's al- it's always fascinating to me how losses just kind of stick with us a little bit more. And I guess when you're a spoiled lucky fan base, like being an OU fan, um, uh, where the losses are so small compared to the wins, uh, it's just easier to remember all the, all the L's unfortunately, and they just kind of stick with you. But, um, I mean, outside of t- 2012 Notre Dame, uh, I mean, anything from 2009 on, uh, what what does what I mean? What does o, being an OU fan mean to you? And like I've done with the previous guests, you can get as corny, philosophical <laughs> as you want. Uh, this is basically your chance to just ramble on about your OU fandom.
1: Well, it's always been a family get together for me. Um, my my parents have season tickets. They went to school at they went to school at OU. They met over a dead body in anatomy class. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and
0: let's not get the um, lawyers involved here
1: right it was anatomy <laughs> class we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave hr alone um but when they graduated it was uh, i think it was 95 when they graduated at least undergrads um and so they were like hey we want season tickets and my granddad and he and he had two season tickets in the south end zone and so they were like okay we want tickets close to my granddad and they're like, okay, we can do that. And they put them right next to him. And then when my uncle was able to get season tickets, they're just right in front of us. And so it's always been the community and the family aspect. That's really, that really got me hooked and then making it my own. Um, Yeah. And the fun thing about another fun story about 95, my mom has a picture with Howard Schnellenberger and my dad still jokes. Oh, I married you anyway oh boy <laughs> <Yeah. But laughs> that just all those memories of being around family and then the friends around that that my parents have and just it's all like family's been the big thing that's gotten me into it and it's uh, been a lot of watch parties and crying and tears of joy tears of pain yeah just all throughout the family
0: oh I mean Howard Schnellenberger's one year to you. Another fascinating thing for me, because obviously we all know that it didn't work and it was bad and it set the program back a handful of years. But, um, I mean, even something as simple as like finding pictures of Schnellenberger on an OU sideline, because they're, they're, so fucking rare. <laughs> it's like they've just learned. like gone Stalin on the Schnellenberger era and just photoshopped him out of everything. Like this didn't, this did not happen. Like they, they would claim the John Blake era, rest in peace. I mean, both of them rest in peace. Like Schnellenberger's dead, isn't he?
1: I yeah. Think he, he's... he passed away earlier this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, rest in peace to both former OU coaches, Schnellenberger and John Blake. But uh, OU would rather claim the Blake era than have anything to do with Schnellenberger's one year. <laughs> at mm-hmm. OU, but uh, always mm-hmm. always fun to read about that stuff, and maybe someday I'll do a little bit of a deep dive on 95. We'll see, yeah. but um, I mean, with how everything's kind of pl- going into play this year, Davis, um, are you kind of in the same boat as me, where you're just like, all right, I'm excited for this year, but I'm also kind of afraid of the heightened expectation, the heightened pressure that, you know, as a fan base, we haven't really... Uh, gone through since I mean people always point to 2017 but that schedule had Ohio State on it the second game of the year and so probably half the fan base probably thought that's a loss Uh, hopefully we could rebound from that point on (laughs) as Davis raises his hand I I think I I don't even think I thought that we were going to win that game so I just hopefully assumed with everybody coming back Baker Mayfield coming back oh you can bounce back after an early season loss uh, but with that there's just not as much heightened expectation for that year compared to this year. I mean, it's really, to me, you know, we've talked about it on through the keyhole and inside OU, like it's the biggest season since 2008 going into it, because that team had a lot of expectation with all the talent they had coming back and their schedule. Um, but as a fan, because I mean, we have no idea what it's like for players and coaches, but I'm sure it's a zillion times worse, but as a fan, like, how are you truly looking forward to this season?
1: Well, um, on campus in my friend group I'm known as the football guy like I'm around people who are football fans but I am the football guy and I'm like no we we can do it I'm I'm full blown 15 and oh 21 national title like I know there can be some dread in that but I'm like look I, I trust I trust our coaching staff I'm I know I'm just like this is everything we've wanted since 2008. It's like where you've got people who are You've got a returning defense that's bought in, and it's starting to get players cringe ones. You've got got a full summer for Rattler and like, and to build and to get the offense back to where back to levels similar to twenty eighteen and twenty seventeen. I'm like, I I don't see any reason we can't go fifteen and zero. Like I understand. I'm like, I'm I'm fully in on the fifteen and
0: zero. I'm I'm buying. Wow. Okay, so fifteen and zero, obviously national champion. Um, I mean, are you expecting OU to kind of walk through their schedule, or are you kind of yeah. realistic in that they'll have a bad day or two? But yeah. now that I, the now that the death is so much better than it has been, like even with their bad days, they they should at least right. still win instead of barely losing like a game like they did two years ago in Manhattan to right. Kansas State.
1: Right. I'm I'm fully expecting to play Iowa State twice, and the new close games. But I, it's Iowa State, and they've had more talent than I think they've ever had, at least since I've been watching. And then, like, that'll be a good team, and Matt Campbell's a great coach. Like, I fully expect those games to be close, but I just – I think we played a lot of close games last year down the stretch, and even then those two losses to Iowa State and Kansas State really lit a fire, and I think it should – like the way we re- we responded from that in the year, like 2020, I was like, okay, that's more than, I'm like, okay, I'm glad that happened. I'm glad we lost two in a row. Yeah. When you asked 10 year old me, I would been like, no, never lose two in a row. <laughs> um, and so I agree. It's like, I think there's enough here to overcome your bad days. And, um, and even then the people like most of our starters came back from 2020 And I think the year that that was 2020 is going to be a big reason why we win this
0: year today's episode is brought to you by Christie's toy box an oklahoma city tradition since 1979 with over 15 store locations spread all over oklahoma and even in north texas and missouri Christie's toy box has you covered like a jimmy hat for all your toy desires of the adult nature it's 2021 come on in sometime their website has been revamped to match the sleek and sexy style one would assume from Christie's toy box it's easy to use and lends itself well to any mobile device so you don't have to get in trouble at work and use your computer the shopping experience is amazing and the only thing that will bite are these nipple clamps type in promo code OUPOD for 25% off everything in your shopping cart once again that's capital O capital U capital P O D for 25% off whatever you want to spice up your love life or your private reflection period. It's also a fun place to take your mind off things if your favorite team has one inexplicable loss a season. Gee, I wonder who that could mean. One more time, enter promo code OUPOD for 25% off online purchases. Christy's Toy Box, where the fun begins. Yeah, I mean, if OU does indeed go 15-0, and 0, like I don't know if I'm... I think I've said on the podcast that yeah, OU should go through their schedule. Like, there's no, there's no excuse why they shouldn't go undefeated in the regular season. And then postseason, you know, that's a different story. But um, that's not to say that I don't think that they absolutely will, because they will have a bad day. And it's just it's going to be interesting to see the leadership on this team navigate a bad Saturday where things don't necessarily go according to plan the entire time. Uh, but you would hope with that experience that they can overcome that. But um, you know, if they go if, if they go undefeated. And like to me, it's just, okay, Iowa State, TCU, Texas, Oklahoma State, whoever it may be, um, I, I just I don't see it. I just don't see anybody challenging Oklahoma this year uh, in the Big 12. And look, you already said Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game. I've, every day we get closer to the season, I'm like, it's not going to be Iowa State. It's just not going to. Um, I don't know if it's going to be because they just they have bad they days themselves. Iowa. Well, I mean, they can lose to Iowa. That has nothing to do with them getting back to the Big Twelve Championship, right. of course. But um, if they have a bad day or two, they they're not overwhelming anybody with talent. They can overwhelm uh, opponents with experience and good coaching, like that. That has mm-hmm. certainly something to say to it. But I mean, last year they had so many lucky breaks go their way. I mean, even though the game against OU and Ames, like how, how many passes did? The East and Obi Obialo drop that should have been touchdowns. How many times were they stopped on third down and defensive holding or pass interference gave them new life? It took all that for them to barely win. And then even in the Big 12 Championship game, um, an inexperienced OU team that wasn't necessarily hadn't really been at that stage uh, with the players in tow, you know, they they get up 17 to nothing, they just go to sleep. I mean, it's a different story this year. So that's kind of the big deal. So Iowa State, TCU, Oklahoma State, Texas. I mean, it's always going to be tough to beat somebody twice, but I just, I don't see it. But um, what, what I think you've already, we've already talked about this on through the keyhole. I believe it was last week or two weeks ago. I can't remember, but what's your ideal playoff draw for Oklahoma?
1: Um, I'd, I'd like to see someone from the Pac-12 because in my scenario that I've laid out, They've gone 15 and like they've gone 13 and 0 to that point. They're the number one seed. I'd rather play the Pac 12 team. And it's like, okay, that's the weak matchup. And it's like, oh, you can put to bed the OU doesn't win a playoff game.
0: Oh, but they would say so that true. it was against the Pac 12. It wasn't against oh, the SEC bad. or the Big Ten. Well, too bad.
1: <laughs> too bad because we'll play one of them in the title game. And I'm kind of with Keegan's scenario of like, this is kind of Georgia's ear because Bama's going to be down. I'm like, I'd rather. Like, some Pac-12 team, hopefully they can get in. If not, I don't really care. Um, but if we can play Georgia in the national title game, I think that'd just be – I said it on a, one of the Monday morning posts. That'd be the best um, storybook. It's like, okay, his first year, Link Riley's first year, there was the Rose Bowl that happened. And then to win it all, he has to beat the team that he lost to first. It's like, okay, I, I'm I'm all for that. And it would ride, It would probably take – that would be the game people point to. It's also the great comeback for, um, for any squib kick things. It's like, oh, the 17 Rose Bowl. It's like, oh, the 2021 national title game. Who won that one?
0: Yeah, and, I mean, if it is somebody from the Pac-12 in the first game, like the two likely candidates, USC and Oregon, would be kind of an exercise for OU yep. fans. I mean, Oregon for obvious reasons, USC for the – Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean you talk about, about you talk you talk about the Florida game. I mean, I was 14 for the 05 Orange Bowl. That was that was hard to watch as a young kid. Uh, but uh, I, I I'll go ahead and admit I'll go ahead and predict this. If OU plays USC in a playoff game, that might be the most frustrated OU fans might be all year with Lincoln Riley's play calling because do you remember who USC's offensive coordinator is?
1: Graham Harrell. It's it? Graham
0: Harrell. And what does Lincoln Riley like to do when he plays in Lubbock or he plays Texas Tech? What what does he typically do? He goes raid, bro. I could fully see a, a situation where OU's playing USC and OU's the better team, but OU's up by like seven or ten and it's so clear. Just run the ball, please. They can't stop it. Why are we throwing the ball? Stop it, Lincoln. Stop, 2016 like, tech. Yeah. Like seriously, Lincoln Riley needs a hold me back, coach, where he where someone just comes up to him and says, psst, psst, stop running reverses. Hey, run the ball. Run, run the football got kennedy brooks and uh, eric run the football <laughs> please do this <laughs> okay okay no more passing but oh boy <laughs> i'm not looking forward to that but um all right favorite player of all time and if you say baker mayfield i'm gonna be a little bummed lake bell oh okay somebody that's not necessarily obscure because oh you fans lake. love lake bell but uh he's not one of the first players you would typically hear to this answer
1: um that 2013 bedlam drive just the one that sent us to the sugar bowl against alabama i i still go back and watch that and it's just like it's so good and the belldozer was virtually unstoppable and just being a juco guy from middle of nowhere from kansas i was like heck yeah just pulling a guy out of nowhere and he was a really like, he also won in South Bend. Um, oh, yeah. It was, like, just what he, especially in my teenage years when I could, like, my pre-teen years where I could really watch and, like, I was, um, and I didn't have to work or do some other things. Like, that was watching him quarterback and run down people's throats was just the best thing to me. And I, I still will watch Blake Bell highlights from time to time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been on record as saying, and I, I, it's not, a unique take at all. I think a lot of OU fans feel this way that with um, better play calling, Blake Bell could have been a a fine, even a very good college quarterback. Uh, You have to kind of cater the offense to his skill sets and not treat him like he's Landry Jones, like Josh Heupel did and try to ask him to throw it 30 or 40 times. Uh, Blake Bell can throw the ball. Uh, He's just not a guy that you want him to throw that much. You want him to utilize his legs, his power, uh, the speed that he can have in the open field uh, run a lot of power rushes, power, um, power sweeps and throw it, you know, when, you know, the running game is kind of getting stifled, you know, keep the defense honest, like Blake Bell could have worked in that offense, but Josh Eichel is calling plays, but, uh, Blake's OU legacy is so secure. I mean, like you said, he he won in South bend and the OSU game to get to the sugar bowl, um, that game was fun for me. My dad was graduating from Southern Nazarene at the time. And he wanted to go to his graduation as a 47, 48 year old man. And it was during the game. And, you know, like that morning, oh, she was the better team. I think we all kind of assumed, yeah, this is going to be a tough one to win. Oh, you'll probably lose. And, you know, three back, two backup quarterbacks later, they're still somehow in the game. And, the ceremony kind of took place during that last drive mm-hmm. and the speaker kind of said, Hey, I know there's a big game going on. If you don't mind, like don't react to it, you know, while the ceremony is going on. So we all had to be quiet. So I basically followed that game. as the first game I ever only followed on Twitter and watching <laughs> the timeline just, especially during the dropped interception. Uh, but who, oh. who was it? Who was it? Randall? Uh,
1: I think was it,
0: or I gilbert is justin gilbert yeah the reaction in real time of <laughs> oh god he intercepted ball game oh you lose wait 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 he dropped it <laughs> and then immediately after oh you runs a play and they can't and they don't review it and it was oh boy that was a fun game to follow on twitter mm-hmm. um your favorite player is blake bell uh what about your favorite moment this can kind of be an obscure thing as well
1: uh 2015 Tennessee I was there
0: oh congratulations
1: yes um that was my first true that was my first game away from Norman ever um and sitting there listening to them play turned down for what as third down for what for three quarters and just being so loud was so annoying and then baker baker's born right in front of our eyes and we come back and then um the first overtime was coming right at us and that fourth down like just listening to all the tennessee fans just be quiet and then especially after zach sanchez picked it off to end it just the cheering was so much quieter and everyone was just like no <laughs>
0: I wish I could have been there. I was watching that at my parents' house on their back porch. Uh, They used to have a TV set up on their back patio. And I probably did irreparable knee damage to my left knee because at one point I bent down, put my knee on the ground to uh, tie my shoe. And I was looking at the TV and OU had like their first big offensive play of the entire game, like in the second half at some point. And so I just kind of stood there. Like I stood in the same, or I knelt in the same position and it lasted for another 45 minutes. (laughs) And I just, like, I have to stay in this position. And, you know, as soon as Zach Sanchez gets that pick, I just explode and like run off. Uh, I just kind of run off into the backyard and just kind of go crazy with everybody else. But that was, yeah, that was, that was awesome. So now.
1: This is my superstition. I have an old beat up foam schooner hat. Oh yeah. Like that I home or away, whether I'm, um at the game or not i won't have this on
0: i love it i love yeah. i love the super si- i used to have like a certain pair of socks that i would wear on game day um i'd have to sit in a certain position if i watched the game at home uh like all those things that you kind of figure out they either work or they don't or they stop working at some point and you find something else to do but uh now it's time for name recognition so i'll just say or name association, excuse me. I'll just say a name. First thing that pops in your mind uh, when I say this name, Mike Stoops.
1: Uh, twenty eighteen Texas halftime. All the rumor mill stuff of Mike of uh, Buki walking out. Just that's the first thing that comes to mind. Is just that was kind of the moment everyone was like, "Yeah, he's done." Just all the rumors that had come out. Like that's the other. The second thing would be the twenty fourteen. Baylor game where they ran an entire drive of screen plays.
0: Oh, (laughs) like those are the
1: two things that come to mind immediately when you say Mike Stoops.
0: Yeah. So this one's going to be a little different. The entire 2011 football team. Uh, So if you need a little bit of a refresher, that team started off ranked number one. They had the preseason documentary and they went into Tallahassee against fifth ranked Florida State and won. Yeah.
1: That was, was that the year? austin box passed away or is that
0: yeah he passed away in the offseason prior yeah so all all like, season long somebody wore uh number 12 number
1: 12
0: yeah
1: um i think the like you said the 11 team kenny stills just being the best receiver we had that year and that florida state catch like that's a team i've kind of blocked out of my memory too just
0: like kind of like
1: 2009 <laughs> it's like yeah. i let's
0: not now 2009 was that was frustrating in its own unique way because you knew OU was pretty damn good they just kept getting injured and key guys kept getting injured and I mean yeah I mean even if Jermaine Gresham Sam Bradford and some offensive linemen don't get hurt I mean that team was like they they had like a brand new offensive line outside of Trent Williams um, gosh, I can't even remember who came back. Like, cause I know Brody Eldridge played, uh, he converted to offensive line because of attrition, uh, the receiving core outside of Ryan Broyles and Broyles wasn't Ryan Broyles just yet. He was a talented freshman contributor on a, the 08 team. Uh, but he wasn't a true, like the guy just yet, you know, with Ryan Broyles, you had a first year cam Kenny who had trouble catching the football at times, uh, Brandon Caleb was a senior starter and he just never really got any traction and so oh you just I mean they were a flawed team but they still even with some of their injuries they were still very close to beating BYU beating Miami on the road beating freaking Texas who went to the national championship that year so a very very frustrating season uh and it's a they shame that you go. I was just gonna say it was just a shame that they uh um, That was like the last truly great Oklahoma defense for a long, long time. Was that 09 team? Yeah.
1: They also beat Stanford in the Sun Bowl. And I remember being very happy about that. Um, and my dad is very happy about that because he is not a Jim Harbaugh guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why is that?
1: Oh, I think uh, all talk, no success. Granted, his Stanford teams were really good. He's just. Uh, I think especially at Michigan, it's really come out since he's been at Michigan is just, he talks the talk, but he's not doing anything.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, you look at his Stanford teams and we sit here and say that they were good, but that's just because our expectations for Stanford are astronomically low. And so any type of success is like, wow, he's God. And then you translate it to a bigger school like Michigan. And it's like, Oh, he's, he's barely average. And then he gets paid $7 million to do it. But oh well um one more name davis and we'll get you out of here because oh he's about to how do you say start a softball game because it's not kickoff, it's not tip off it's pitch off first pitch is in five minutes first pitch is in five minutes
1: whatever something (laughs) along those lines keegan's (laughs) probably yelling at us right now
0: oh he'll be fine uh demarco murray um
1: I think all-time leading scorer because I remember watching that on TV when he scored and being so happy. I think I think that was Iowa State. It was at home, but I my parents went to that game. Um, I like I also remember his success with the Cowboys, and then he left for the Titans and wasn't he he got the running back trail on him at that point. Um, but I just remember being so happy when I was like, "Yes, he's the all-time like touchdown." leader i think that's actually what he is because
0: yeah broke steve owens's I, record
1: yeah mike yay good player <laughs> <laughs> yay guy i've seen the past four years yay record
0: <laughs> exactly yeah uh let me send to Marco murray but i've you know I've, i think we talked about him on thursday so i don't need to repeat myself but yeah. uh davis this was a lot of fun I really, really appreciate it. Uh, sorry, it took a little bit longer. Uh, schedules kind of didn't match up, but yeah. I'm glad we got to uh, do this. And thank you for wanting to be on Inside OU. I really appreciate mm-hmm. it, man. Sure. Thank you. Of course. And once again, that's at SoonerFan. Was it 342 or? 432. 432. See, I've, I'm, I have some condition. I don't <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, but yeah, follow Davis on Twitter. Do yourself a favor. And also, everybody, if you're interested in jumping on Inside OU, you still have a few more schedules uh, to coincide with to get other people on board for these fan edition podcasts. If you're interested, please just reach out to me on Twitter at Brady Does sports, and we can get something going and basically just do this and talk about your OU fandom. It's all about you. Um, of course, I will, I will talk about myself because... I don't want this to just be a boring A-B conversation. So uh, it's all about you, though, at the end of the day. But everybody, thank you so, so much for listening to Inside OU on this Monday. Uh, We'll be back, Keegan and I, on Through the Keyhole on Tuesday. You can find that podcast on our Patreon page at Through the Keyhole for $4 a month. Uh, $4 gets you everything, plus the podcast. $5 gets you all that stuff, plus Keegan's film reviews. Uh, So not that much, but it does certainly help us pump out more content for you guys, which we greatly appreciate. And then Thursday, uh, hopefully this time we'll be at Vanessa house last two weeks have been a little bit like weather and Keegan not having a vehicle at the time. Uh, Hopefully we're back at Vanessa house on Thursday for inside OU, but until next time, everybody, thank you so much. Boomer sooner. And we'll talk to you later.